Welcome to 33 Fuel podcast. My name is Erika and I'm one of the co-founders of 33 Fuel. Today's guest is Michelle Dillon. She's two times Olympic triathlete and now after retiring, she's a coach with a huge CV. She has coached Olympic athlete, world-class triathlete. She knows exactly how to extract uh, the maximum from a sport performer. Uh, now she's back competing and guess what she is back on the podium as an age group in this episode michelle will unlock the tools how to be the best on your race day i had lots of fun talking with michelle i hope you will enjoy it too having this kind of conversation exactly what is all about 33 fuel our mission is all about giving to you the best tool to raise your performance we do it with this kind of conversation, so with this podcast, and we do it also in store with our 33 Fuel Natural Sport Nutrition product. All our products are powerful, natural, and they are tasty, and they help you to achieve your goals. It's time to introduce Michelle Dillon. We have a superstar today on our episode. She is a super guest. Her name is Michelle Dillon and she is a two times Olympian triathlete as well as a world and European champion. Um, so welcome to Michelle. I'm so Thanks. happy to have you. Thank you very much, Erica, for having me on the podcast today. I appreciate it. It's very uh, nice to be here. Great, great. So um, I... I was thinking about you uh, because you are such a, an interesting character. You have so many different, uh, I call it hats, <laughs> in a way. Now, you see, we see you as a, an Olympian uh, triathlete uh, and uh, you had a back injury uh, mm-hmm. uh, that he had to cut off. For this reason, you had to cut, off, cut short uh, your successful career as an athlete. Um, so you had to reframe and uh, you switch uh, to coaching. Now mm-hmm. you retired, you are a coach, and then you return to compete uh, as a competitive, in competitive sport. And you, as soon as you came back, you came back on podium. That it's incredible. So, as I said, I see three Michelle Dillon. One mm-hmm. is the Olympian triathlete, the elite coach, and returning age group athlete. So, I want to start with Michelle Dillon, uh, the Olympic triathlete. Um, so, you have been a, such a successful uh, Olympian triathlete, uh, and uh, it must be. Um, difficult to keep the focus, especially when you were uh, preparing for the Olympics, uh, to keep the focus on uh, a, an event like the Olympics, because it's every four years. So if I'm an athlete um, or I'm an amateur, but let's say if I'm an athlete and I wanted to compete a specific race, um, and I can't because something happened, and then I can be injured or something happened in my life, it changed, I can actually re-enter on more or less the same kind of race. It could be maybe a marathon, it could be a triathlon or Ironman. 
um, even the week after. I always find some place where I train a lot and I can actually compete with the same kind of length. But for the Olympics, it's something completely different. You have to wait other four years. So how you can keep the focus of your entire training and growth towards something that is unpredictable, if you can really do it or not? That's actually a really good question because I came into the sport from a running background um, initially and I couldn't swim at all. <laughs> so I swear I started to swim, learn to swim pretty much when I was around my early 20s. And so I kind of started the sport in around 98, to be honest. And that was two years before the first Olympics in Sydney in 2000. And, um, you know, I had a very high work ethic coming from an international running background. So I, I kind of threw myself into swimming, not really knowing where it was going to go. But um, wanting to, you know, have the dream of going to the Olympic Games in, in the first Olympic cycle, which was in Sydney. So I had a lot to focus on in two years. So for me, I was working a lot on my swimming, which was my weakness, to try to get that, that up to the other two because my biking and my running were very strong. Um, but my, my swimming was very weak. So I, I focused on that. Um, but obviously four years is different to two years. And obviously the next cycle, which was in Athens, which a four-year cycle, is a long time. And what I used to do was try to break it into not so much a four-year cycle, but a year, yearly cycle. Because every year there's always a world championships race where, you know, you, you could become world champion. There's a lot of World Cups when I was racing. They're now called WTS races, which is World Championship Series races. European championships, British championships, and the list goes on. So... There was a lot of races to choose from. And what I found the best was to, um, you know, to break it down into year, year by year and say, okay, this year, what do I want to achieve from this one year? Um, and, you know, work out where I am in each discipline, swim, bike and run. Do I still need to work on my swimming? You know, do I need to still bring that up? Yes, it's always weak. So, yes, try and bring that up. So maybe do a block of swim training um, through the winter, for example, and then come into the into the first race, maybe feeling like I've been working on that, and the other two disciplines aren't maybe up to scratch, and then bring those back in as the year goes on. Um, but you know, I mean, the, the 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 focus on the Olympics. I mean, it it takes a lot to uh, the four year cycle in itself. It it takes an athlete who really wants to be there. Um, to sort of say, okay, I'm going to make this commitment in the four years to be able to get to the Olympic Games and I'm not going to give up until that four years is over because a lot can happen in four years. So therefore, you know, you have to have those little stepping stone races along the way in order to be able to say that the Olympics, if the Olympics is the pinnacle in four years, what do I need to do in that time in able to enable me to get to that to that Olympic Games. Now, the Olympic Games, I think, is um, not, not, I wouldn't say the easy part, but it's actually getting the selection to go to the Olympics. That's the hard part. And that comes a year before or six months before the Olympics itself. Because the, the competition is so high, there's so many people going for the spot. So you have to be, really, you have to get your timing spot on in order to be able to achieve that goal of ticking the box and saying, 
I've made it to the Olympic Games. And for me, um, the Athens one was, I was first British picked in there and I actually got my timing right. I, I, I delivered on the day and it is about the delivery on the day. So if someone says to me, and I think that's something that I was quite good at. If someone said to me, you have to be fit for this event, which was the Olympic trials, I would say, okay, I'm going to do everything I possibly can to get to that race, to deliver the result that I needed to do to get myself to the Olympic Games. And I, and I, and I achieved that, um, you know, for Athens. Sydney was a little bit different because I was coming into the, into the sport new and I was actually pictured as a reserve and I got put in because someone was injured. So there was two different kind of scenarios for me in, in the situation. But, yeah, but, but in terms of if we go back to the original question <laughs> of the four-year cycle, it is, it, it is very – it's a long process. It is a process. And in that process, you have to, you know, like I say, have the stepping stone events leading in and you have to stay very focused and you have to get your timing pretty much spot on in order to make that that olympics um olympic trials that's so, amazing I, I have to say that uh, this is uh, this is very interesting especially now considering that uh, all your knowledge you are transferring on your second uh, michelle dillon as a coach because it, all of this uh experience and how to deal with uh, the stress uh, and uh, the long uh, focus on something so like in four years, it can give yeah. you so much to people that, that they are learning from you. And uh, especially there was another big thing happening in your life. It was your spinal fusion surgery. So they, they, you told me that the, the doctor, they told you that uh, you couldn't race again. So that is another very turning point in your life. So mm -hmm. tell me something about it, because probably there are a few people that they had a similar problem. They had a spinal surgery or another kind of surgery, and this mm -hmm. changed their career or changed their poss possibility to race and create mm -hmm. a lot of frustration inside. How you were able to cope with that? And um, how did you, which tool did you use? Well, basically, I was probably one of the unlucky people that throughout my whole career as a runner, very young, and also as a triathlete, I had a lot of injury problems. That was one thing that I had to deal with a lot in my career, and most of the, the injuries were my back. So through the whole Olympic cycle, um, not so much Sydney, but through the Athens cycle from Sydney to Athens, um, I had to, I had a lot of in and out of hospital getting disc injections and basically getting me to the race. I actually had an epidural in my spine 10 days before the Athens Olympics oh. to, to get, to get me on the start line. Um, and I think what I, what I, what I learned with the back injury was that, um, it made me kind of a lot stronger mentally because I had to deal with so many setbacks a lot of the time and I had to try to stay very positive throughout this situation and hold it together and say, you know, am I going to give up or am I going to keep going? Am I going to find an answer? And for me, I'm one of those people that don't really give up that easily. So I'm always looking for the answer, like something has to be done. You know, can I... Can I can I find someone to help me to in order to give me some treatment or is there some exercises I can do to strengthen myself up or you know what what can I do in order to get myself to especially for Athens at that time it was very um, 
you know, it was, it was a rocky road leading into it. I'd qualified. Once I'd qualified, you know, my, my uh, things can flare up any minute with back problems. I mean, anyone that has a back problem will know this. I mean, I had eventually end up having double fusion in my, in my spine. Um, you know, uh, was it was about so Athens was two thousand and four. Um, and then 2008, so four years later, I didn't quite make it to the Beijing. I was trying to go to Beijing as, as well to make it three three Olympic Games, but didn't quite make it there. And I really pushed it um, all the way to 2007 and had some really some, some good success. Um, you know, I had I had I had doctors. I got to a point where in 2007, I had to go to a couple of doctors and say, you know, here's my scans. What do you think? One doctor said. I wouldn't even bother even trying any further because your back is in such a bad condition. You need to give up right now. Then another doctor said, "You know what? You might have one or two years left in you, but remember, you're you, you, you're making things a little bit worse, and you are going to eventually need surgery." Um, and I kind of took, I grabbed hold of the second opinion, and I thought, "You know what? I'm going to I'm going to try and keep going for another couple of years," you know, because that's me. And I thought, "I'm just going to see," because I felt like I had more to give. And I feel like if you feel like you have more to give, why do you want to give up? Do you know what I mean? And I was only at that time like 32 and stuff, and I felt like I was too young to, to give it away. And I just thought, you know what, I'm going to risk it. I'm going to, I'm going to keep going for a couple of years. And it was real rocky. It was a roller coaster ride. You know, my back kept on giving way and everything. And I did everything in my power to get myself on that start line. And I had some fantastic races. 2007, I felt like it was a very successful um, successful career, um, year. However, things were deteriorating very, very quickly towards the end of the year. And then at the end of 2007, I got hit by a car while out running. And that kind of just stopped everything for me. Oh. You know, it, I, fell, I fell on my back and then it was just like, you know what? And I think it kind of like it made me realize like, what are you doing? Why, why are you going to keep pushing yourself? Like, you know, and then that was when I kind of like got some more investigations done on my back and I realized, okay, my back's not in a great way. I need the double fusion now and I need to maybe retire. So, yeah, so it's tough. I mean, anyone that has back problems will know this and it's, um, I wouldn't say like you can't race and, and you should give up. I think there's always an answer and there's always, you know, there's where there's a will, there's a way. If you have the right support system around you, the right doctors, the right physios, um, you're doing the right exercises, the right rehab stuff, and you're managing it well, I think you can achieve some really um, amazing things that you didn't realize you can achieve. And I've realized that coming back into age group racing now. So, yeah. And uh, how did you, because you were speaking about uh, also this kind of, you know, switching. So, of course, you realized that in 2007, uh, you had such a good year. And then after that, uh, the back injuries, they were too much to keep going as an athlete, as a pro athlete. So you had to reframe and uh, switch to coaching. How did you manage this transition? It's so difficult. I would imagine it's so difficult to go from a pro athlete to someone actually that is working with athletes. So probably inside of you, there was still that competitive that you still wanted to race. But in reality, you have to coach. That is, it's amazing that uh, coaching, of course, is a beautiful skill, a beautiful thing that someone can have a coach like you. Uh, was so talented but the other the other end the other face of all of this is like there, there must be a little bit of a completely mind shift in a way because you are 
not an athlete, you're a coach for an athlete. So how you did this, how did you manage this uh, transition? Yeah, look, it, it wasn't easy, I must admit, um, just because I think um, facing reti- for a forced retirement is always a little bit like disappointing. Um, but what was good about the whole situation was naturally I'm someone who really wants to help people. Um, I love helping people. I get a lot out of it. And I've always done that naturally, even when I was an athlete. So I was kind of coaching and always giving people advice. And I'm, I'm a little bit of a natural leader, I, I think. And I think that that kind of was, you know, something that I thought immediately, okay, I'm going to become a coach because this is something I love doing. So I was coaching my husband um, and, well, my husband now, he wasn't then, and we were getting some fantastic results. And one thing led to another and I, when I had my back brace on and I was recovering from the surgery, I realized, you know what, I'm going to start building my own business and I'm going to call it Team Dylan Coaching. And so I started to build and I sat and I, so I wanted to really use that time on the recovery phase, not to get down and out, but to really be productive and to put it into something more positive. And that's when I started to build my business up because I thought, you know what, I can I can help people, I can make something of this and I can give back all of my knowledge, everything I've learned in the sport because I feel like I've had such a journey that I have so much to give back and this would be such a waste if I didn't do this. So this is when I wanted to give back and immediately I put my website up and I had so many inquiries coming in, I couldn't believe it. I was like, wow, this is amazing. So that was, that was really rewarding for me to know that people out there wanted me to help them and immediately I felt at ease with the whole situation because I felt like um you know it made the transition a little bit easier for me because then all of a sudden I wasn't really focusing so much on myself anymore I was more focusing on how was I going to help other people to achieve their goals and that made me really happy and you know very fulfilled so it was a perfect situation for me and and I haven't looked back since because you know, we've been going now for, I think it was like, what, 12 years ago since since I started Team Dylan Coaching. I've helped so many people from beginners all the way to professional athletes. And, you know, I've, I've had some um, some some world, world age group champions on podiums, you know, some athletes winning, professional athletes on the podium at 70.3 World, um, World Championships, World Cups. Um, and... It just makes me so happy. So, for me to, you know, for me to, to be able to do something that is my passion now as my job, it's it's incredible, and I I, I couldn't be more thankful to be honest. That that is uh, it's uh, it's a bless that you decided to, to teach because uh, realistically, um, I think they know everyone they have that capacity and will to to teach their knowledge. And what they learn in their journey, so it's amazing that you took that uh, that decision is is a blessing for any athlete and pro athlete that had the opportunity to work with you. So speaking about pro athlete, because you teach not only to athletes in general but the proper a pro athlete, um, how do you teach? Uh, your pro athlete uh, to be the best they can be on the race day, on race day, which kind of tips, uh, but not just tips, how do you really teach them? Well, yeah, it is different. Coaching an age group athlete is 
slightly different to coaching an elite athlete or professional athlete because a professional athlete is their career. So it means so much. They're putting a lot into into it. They're actually giving up a hell of a lot to be a professional athlete, as I know because I was. Um, you giving up going out and, you know, being a social butterfly and drinking and, you know, doing the normal things that, that you know, normal people do. You have to really sacrifice a lot to become a professional athlete. Um, but the, what I would say, I mean, obviously, because I've been there and I, and I know the journey that they're on is that I always teach them that, obviously, if you can be consistent in your training, that's got to be the key. Um, you've got to have the attitude to be the best athlete. Um, otherwise, without a good attitude and a positive attitude, it's going to be tough because triathlon is a really tough sport. And you've got to have that commit that commitment and that really high work ethic in order to be able to, you know, commit commit to the goal um, and not give up easily. That's really important as well because, you know, if you have um, someone who just sort of imagines they're going to be a professional athlete and then try to come in to do the work that's required to be at the top and not have that that work ethic or commitment or drive you know, passion took for that, then they'll find out very quickly that it's not for them. And I've had that. I've had some people come in and, and trial it and within a couple of months they're not they're not doing the sport anymore because you you either you want to either do the work and, and have what it takes and that comes from not just physically but but more from a mental point of view or you just don't want to do it and 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 I don't think triathlons for someone who is a lazy person to be honest so <laughs> you know what I mean it's it's such a such a high amount of training that you have to do on a day-to-day that you really either want it or you don't so so it's really the three things that I, I, I tell my athletes is the consistency it's a really really positive um a driven attitude towards your training and the commitment to be able to commit to it and not give up easily. They're yeah. the three really yeah. important things. Yeah, and I think uh, to go on out on the Olympic podium that you have been there. So, which other extra uh, with your speeds and which other extra um, knowledge or things that you need to take it to stand on an Olympic podium? The mental preparation, physical preparation, visualization. Which other tools or or help to go on the maximum that is the Olympic podium, basically? I mean, obviously, there's only a couple of spots for the Olympic Games. And, um, you know, it takes it does take a special person to be able to qualify. As I said, the qualification is the hardest thing. Um, it takes talent, but it also takes um, someone who has, like I say, a very high work ethic, someone who is, is, is able to ride through the tough times, um, because it's easy to do to be positive when everything's going well, but it's not easy to stay positive when things are going wrong. And I think this is where it's the character of the of the person. If they can be, um, you know, if they if they can ride through the tough times and stay positive and still very driven and motivated when things aren't going so well, so injuries, you know, when they're sick. Um, maybe when they're not getting the results that they that they expected, but actually still hanging in there, hanging tough, they're the ones that are probably going to make it at the end because they're the ones that don't give up very easily. Um, but visualization is very important as well. The mental side of things, like I say, you have to be strong mentally. Um, 
but you have to be able to, you know, yeah, visualize yourself like standing on that start line and have a strong visual on a day to day. Like imagine in training that you're sitting, you know, that you're winning that race. That like to get you through a hard training session, you need you you should be able to visualize. You know, why am I doing this hard training session for? I'm not just doing it for fun. I'm not just I, I'm not just existing in the moment. I, I'm doing this for a purpose. The purpose is because I want to be an Olympian. I want to go to the Olympic Games or I want to be a world champion. And there has to be purpose behind the session that they're doing because, you know, pushing hard's not for everybody, <laughs> as we know, but it does take that special person to be able to tap into the mindset of being able to go that extra mile, that extra length, that go to the extra, the extra the deep dark place where not many people want to go um, and and it's really like, you know, if it came down to, you know, because every 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 professional athlete, you know, when it comes down to it, they all pretty much do the same kind of training. So in a race situation, if it comes down to it, and you see five five people running together at the end of a race, it really comes down to who is willing to dig the deepest here in order to win. Who wants it the most? You know, and that is the question that, you know, you ask yourself, it's like, who really wants to win this race? And you can see, you can see people that kind of let up and don't, don't want it as much as that person that's got that real eye of the tiger that wants to just drive it all the way to the line. They want to win the race. And that, that is like, that's, that's, that's the sign of a, of a true champion, you know. That's so I can see here a, a sign of another true, uh, a, a, a true champion that is in you, wanted to return back uh, on uh, racing uh, as an yeah. age group and I'm absolutely amazed that uh, you're again on the podium so you know uh, after what you have passed through with your back injured and everything injuring uh, you yeah. just d don't expect that you're back and you're back on the podium so tell me more about it why did you decide to come back that's a good question, actually. Um, I think, I've, look, I've always kept fit. I've always kept fit um, throughout, ever since I've retired. And, you know, I do train regularly with my professional athletes. I train side by side, you know, on the bike and um, but sometimes on the run, on a long run or something. I've done that in the past. But something inside of me was like, do you know what? I hadn't swum for like 10 years. And I thought, do you know what? I'm, I'm going to start swimming again. And it was tough. I was like, oh, my gosh, I can't swim at all. And um, I just thought, you know what, one thing led to another. I got started to get a little bit fitter in the pool. And I thought, okay, let me, let me do a race. And when I started in the, on the race, I realized, you know, it never leaves you. This, this, this drive, this, this competitive side of you, it never leaves you. And all of a sudden I thought, hold on a second, I want to win this race. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to just be like kind of com competing and making up the numbers. I want to win this race. So um, the first race I came back to, my first triathlon was at Dorney Lake last year and I won, but I was behind a little bit in the swim and I was beating myself up in the water going, you didn't swim enough, you didn't swim enough. I was a little bit back and I made up time on the bike and I made up time on the run and then I ran through to win and I qualified for world championships and I thought, okay, I've qualified for world championships. This is going to give, this is giving me a huge goal now in order to, you know, the drive to to train hard again let's get some consistent training let's do some lots of swimming biking and running so I started to train a little bit harder um I did a couple more races which I won and then I saw you know some improvements along the way then I went to world championships and I won the race and I was like oh my god like I was so happy and 
you know, again, it was just, it was fantastic. And the fact that I actually got the fastest time out of all age groups, you know, I was kind of gobsmacked a little bit because I thought, really? Like, can I really still be, you know, as competitive as this at my age? And I look, and I still have a lot of injury problems that I deal with. So, um, you know, my back still gives me grief and I'm, I'm, I'm not running as much as I'd like to a lot of the time. But when I do get up and running, it comes back very quickly, luckily, because I am from a running background and because I have the background I have, I guess. Um, so what I do is I just work hard on the swim. I work hard on the on the bike stuff when I'm not able to run as much and then just try to work on the injury and do lots of rehab and then get myself back, back running as quick as possible. But, yeah, I, I just – I don't know, like – I just enjoyed it and I've given myself a goal this year in four and a half weeks time I have the world championships again in Lausanne and training's going well and I'm excited about it and I just love I just love it and I get a, a hell of a lot out of it and when I cross that finish line it gives me um you know a hell of a lot of pleasure to be able to still do what I'm doing and I think that you can't take that for granted it's kind of a gift you if you can still do it then do it you know don't don't let anybody change your mind do it because you want to do it and you know because because life's too short at the end of the day and you know if one day I won't be able to but also I, I have to say you dedicated your entire life basically from uh, when you started running and after then uh, embracing triathlon duathlon triathlon you spend so much time of your life uh, uh, on this kind of uh, wanted to achieve uh, that probably if you lose, uh, if you don't do it, you feel that you lose uh, some part of yourself, I would imagine, no? Definitely. You're totally right, Erica. It's so true. Like, I found like I'm a lot happier when I am back doing my training on a day-to-day -day at this level. Um, um, not that I wasn't happy before because I always kept fit. But it was different. It was a, a huge adjustment for me, whereas I feel more like at home when I'm kind of doing this this high-volume intensity training because I, I work a lot on the mental side of things with myself as well, so I'm always being able to tap back into that mental push, and, and I really enjoy that about that. I love challenging myself, and I think that's what I love about the training. How do you so do I, that? How you do, do you find that mental push? How you you arrive which is the point how you get this yeah this is the the right the, the push i needed to give to go to the next level because i i mean personally i always find difficult that moment that you say okay i'm a next level and then you needed to do another step and that other step is very mentally and physically very difficult but then when you start to do it you realize actually i can do it but how do you uh, help um, yourself, especially yourself, because you are such a, a good athlete. How do you know when you can push a little bit more to go to another level? It's a weird one because you have to just know. You, you almost have to be be willing to go to that deep dark place. You have to be willing to kind of almost feel a bit sick. And I don't know if if someone naturally has that or they don't have that. But for me, I, I can make myself almost physically sick in training, which, you know, I can push myself to that. I can, it's, it's something you tap into in your brain. I, I don't know. I mean, I remember being a runner once and I remember tapping into it thinking, is it that part of the brain? Is it this part of the brain? But I was like running along thinking I'm pushing to, 
like you know to a level I've never pushed to before and then you once you once you've tapped into it once it's almost like you can tap into it again um it's just it's just this 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 place you go to where it's a very very uncomfortable place a place where not many people want to go but you're willing to go there if 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 that can that's all I can explain it's a strange one um and I think it's you just have to be willing to hurt that much um but obviously for me, mentally, I can push, but for me, my body's always let me down because my body will say, not so much on the swim bike now because I can push hard on that and I can get so much out of myself, but it's the running because the running, it's the injuries that hold me back. You know, it's that, will, that will be the thing that physically stops me. It's not the mental push. It's the physical side of things as you get older and the injuries and things like that. So, But I think if you have that drive to be able to push – you know, every time you go back and do it, and and, and I think that develops over the, over many many years of being an athlete. I don't think you can just come in, or maybe some people naturally have it, but you can come into the sport and you can be willing to to push yourself. I mean, like you look at Alistair Brownlee. Like, I mean, he can push hard. <laughs> he can push harder than than most people, and you can just see that he. It's almost like a, a switch goes on in your head. And you're just willing to, to to give it everything, and you know, willing to redline. That that's when he's taking himself like away from people in races and things like that. Um, and for, for you can keep this going and going and going. Where most people think, oh, this is you know, this is hurting. I'm going to pull back a bit now. These people just keep going. So yeah. it is yeah. a very, it's a very, it's a very. There's a fine line on knowing how to be able to tap into that. But you know, like I say, I think it, it's it's something that you can. You can learn. You can teach yourself how to do it by just – it's almost like training yourself physically. You can train yourself mentally to be able to tap into that To if you're willing to go um, to that next level of hurt. I used to always say to myself, you know, um, um, pain is my friend <laughs> because, because that way, you know, once the pain hits in, you think – you know, people. Some people. That's a trigger to say, okay, it's painful now. I'm going to pull back. But if you can sort of push through that 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 kind of barrier and say, okay, pain is good because it's going to make me faster. Or pain is 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 my friend. I mean, in a good way, not painful like that. You're no, hurting no, yourself. No, I totally understand. So pain actually is your friend because pain it brings you on the podium. Yes. Pretty much, yeah. And uh, yeah, where you because uh, in that pushing, pushing. Of course, uh, I I don't know. But what I notice in my experience, and I'm not a good athlete at all, but I like to do sports. So I noticed actually using the treadmill was really good for me to step yes. on another level because you are forced to go faster. I mean, if you tip and you just go, okay, I keep adding speed, um, you cannot, you know, if you don't follow that. Yeah, yeah, exactly, Erica. That's so true. I mean, and that's something that I would tell my athletes that I coach to, to use as a as a training tool. The treadmill's perfect because it does force a pace on you and it makes you um, accountable for the session. So if you say to yourself, "Okay, I'm going to set myself at 15 kilometers an hour for these efforts," then you feel that you're accountable to that, and you feel that you want to hold that, and and you you know you're more likely to do it even though it's painful rather than if you're going to go out and try to run on the on the watch or the garment or something like this because you're then able to allow yourself to slow down if if the if something's not there forcing you to run faster so yeah it is true and and 
that's like a that's like having a virtual coach there saying, okay, my coach said set this to 15, 16k an hour. You know, you have to try to, to hold that pace today, and you know that that's going to make you accountable for that session, and that that's a really good training tool to use for sure. Well, I have Definitely. to say for my uh, training uh, for for this. Uh, uh, 70.3 uh, um, Ironman because we relocated in Vancouver here um, I said oh, okay great here yeah, the mountains lakes uh, uh, amazing place where to, there is uh, the, the wall the sea wall where you can run and we have a gym down downstairs so it's like, oh, fantastic and I started there to appreciate it as the, the 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 treadmill because before I never really liked it. It's like I, yeah. I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. I just want to go somewhere where I can uh, not thinking about the effort, just look things. Uh, you know, takes you somewhere. But realistically, I realized how important the word that session that I did on the treadmill, where I put a speed that I couldn't keep for. To, for one minute, not even for 30 seconds. It usually was like a few seconds extra because it was so fast. So for me, yeah. it just lagged. I couldn't really stay on it. So, and every time I was just saying, okay, now I stay 30 seconds and then one minute. And then from one minute, I went to five minutes without realizing it. So for yes. one session, I said, I can't take more than this 30 seconds. And then suddenly, next time, I was too able to do it for five minutes because in my mind, I knew I mm. could do it. Yes. For, for for thirty seconds, so I said, "Oh no, I can do a little bit more." Then I get really distracted by other things, and then you go more on the pain, you know, and you just yeah. keep going and uh, and realize, "Oh well, I did five minutes. Oh well, I did uh, ten minutes. I yeah. did twenty minutes at yeah. the at the speed that you didn't expect." Yeah. So, you, and I find it really interesting the treadmill just because it allows you to align the mind. And the body. Meanwhile, mm. otherwise the mind goes somewhere if you mm. use your legs and the body goes somewhere else. So sometimes yeah. the mind is stronger than the body, like in your case where you say, my mind can't yeah. keep going, but my body, yeah. it just says, stop because I'm, I'm done. Yeah, exactly. But, exactly. Yeah, yeah. No, the treadmill is good because it, it gives you a good stimulus as well so you probably got a bit of stimulus from the first session that you did and then you went back and you had that stimulation of running fast and then it it sort of propelled you um forward and gave you that that stimulus from the first session to the second session to make you run further for that period of time and it's very good it's a very good tool for leg speed as well because you can jump on and off the treadmill and just work on your leg speed and your turnover good good for turnover good to pick up the cadence because you know, it pushes your foot back naturally and you have to bring your, your foot forward by yourself. So so focusing on the, the foot drive forward is really all you have to focus on because the, the belt is pushing your leg back for you. So it's kind of, it is really good for leg speed and it is really good for stimulus. I mean, it's it's a fantastic tool. So you've got to keep using that, Erica. You have uh, to keep using it. Oh, well, <laughs> I, I'm now I'm so excited. And uh, about uh, biking, do you normally do also session or you tend to advice a session using something like SufferFest? I don't know if you know about SufferFest or this kind of, you know, Swift. Or yeah, yeah. do you normally use it, you personally, as, as, a, oh. as an athlete or no? No, no, I, I don't use it for me personally. I, I just like to tap into my own mind and, and, and feel what I'm feeling with my body. Um, 
and I'm very and I think that's very good to do that sometimes because when you go into a race you you can't you don't have that virtual something in front of you you you're you have to really know how you're feeling and if you've been doing that in training it's good to to be able to tap back into that same feeling that you've had in training so I don't personally like it but I know some of my athletes do and it's good for variety and it's good to bring in something different and to keep them motivated because some people you know don't don't have the motivation to ride by themselves all the time day in day out whereas I do so it's a little bit different and also people can use power so they can a little bit like the treadmill it's it sort of forces you to be accountable for a power if you hold um, you know, if, if you're giving your athletes certain powers to hold, that's really good. Um, and it can, it can give them something to focus on, something to, um, to race perhaps as well, um, and also to see improvements as well. So it's a good gauge to have power there. Um, and again, personally, I know I have used it in the past, but I prefer not to. Yeah. I like to go by feel. And the yeah, how is now to uh, compete as an age group uh, compares to how it was uh, when you were a, a, as a pro athlete? So which is the difference? Well, obviously as a professional athlete, you have, you, you're training all day. You're training all day and you're pretty much, you're putting, you don't have a job and you're pretty much dedicating your whole life to, to the sport. I still dedicate my whole life to the sport, but I, but I, but I, I share my, myself around now. I don't just have – I can't just train all day long. I have to train in the morning and then I have to do my work in the evening or in the middle of the day and, and I'm d doing phone calls and I'm, I'm planning people's training and I'm working on admin for the business and things like that. So, um, so now I have to um, – to, to section it all out and dedicate my time and be have good time management basically. So, um, yeah, as a professional athlete, you, you can you can have a nap in the daytime and you can do three sessions a day. Now I do one, uh, but mainly two sessions per day, but sometimes one when I don't have time. Um, and, you know, I do take it serious, but obviously I'm not taking it as serious as I was as a professional athlete because now I can drink alcohol and things like that. <laughs> So also party time. Yeah, of course, but in moderation, of course. Um, but, you know, of course I do that, and I didn't as a professional athlete, really. It was only a special occasion. But now, you know, I find myself, you know, I, I like to, to go out on a Saturday night or something and have some drinks with friends, and then I might be a bit hungover on Sunday, so I'll do one thing, and then I'll, you know, I'll sit back on the sofa and maybe do some admin for the rest of the day. <laughs> So I love it because in uh, as a, a age group, in any case, you are still competing, still on the podium, but you have a, a party time too. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I, look, and this is a thing that's very important that people have to realize as well. It is about the balance. You, I mean, I'm a very balanced person. I mean, I, I train really hard when I train hard, don't get me wrong, and I can push myself really hard and all the rest of it. And I am a very focused and motivated person, but... At the same time, I also like to have some fun too, and I like to be to have a really good balance in my life. So you know, we go out for dinner a couple of times a week, or once a week, or whatever it's going to be. We we go for drinks with friends. I might have a drink of red wine at home if I fancy it. I still have to get up and train the next morning early, but as long as I have it in moderation, it's all fine. You know, I I, I don't I don't I'm not going to be you know I don't want to become obsessed. You know what I'm saying? Because at the end of the day, I'm it, this is not my career anymore. 
I do this because I enjoy it and I get a hell of a lot out of it and I want to inspire people for sure. But at the same time, I want to have a very, I want to have a good balance in my life because, because like I say, life's too short and I want to enjoy, I want to have, every, I want to be able to enjoy all parts of my life. And I think that's just so important for your mental health as well, um, as well as everything else. Because if you get too wrapped up in, you know, being sort of like how I was as a professional athlete now at my age at 46, I would probably be doing it all wrong, I think. And, and, and I don't think you really would enjoy it as much and you probably wouldn't be as successful, to be honest, because the, the, the balance really – it, it, it's nice to have that yin and yang, you know what I mean, in the in your life. It's very important. It makes me happy. And 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 if you're enjoying it and you're happy, then you know you're doing it right. <laughs> yeah. So totally, totally on your page, totally. And I think when you find your passion, when you find your satisfaction, and I think also you coming back as a, a, a age group uh, athlete uh, and finding you, yourself back on podium must be so satisfying. <laughs> it must be it so oh, good. Nice. <laughs> it is it is really nice and I and I love it and I just I just get that same adrenaline like from racing, you know, and, and I put the pressure on myself but in a good way. Like it's and I, I just like that. I like that challenge. It just it makes me happy. And then, you know, if I do well at a race like like last year after the World Championships, you know, we had a I, I celebrated with my family, which is so nice in Australia. You know, we had we, we had a couple of bottles of champagne and you know, it, it's it's all worth it. It's all worth the hard work because then you can share it with the people that, that you love around you and that you care for and you, you know, it's it yeah, we can all we can all I celebrate it together and it make it just makes put, puts a massive smile on my face. That's beautiful. So how we can get inspired from you and find you on social media? Which are the where I can find you, where everyone they can find you on social media to be inspired? Oh, well, we have a website, so Team Dylan Coaching, www.teamdylancoaching.com, and you'll find you can inquire for coaching, um, and we also put up some blogs and things on there, and some results that you can have a look back from many over the many many years that we've been we've been up and running for. We're also very active on Instagram, Team Dylan Coaching on Instagram, um, Facebook as well, and Twitter. So you can find us across all of the social media um, uh, channels. And yeah, if you please follow us and hopefully we can inspire you to, if you haven't been a, if you have never done a triathlon before, hopefully we can inspire you to do one. Um, and if you're an athlete, uh, a triathlete, a runner, a swimmer, a biker, whatever that wants to go to the next level, maybe we can help you. Um, or even if you're a professional athlete looking, you know, to, to look for, for, for another coach or some help, then we're here to help you as well. So yeah, really, um, please look us up and hopefully yeah, you can get in touch with us and we can, we can help you on your journey. Well, fantastic. I tell you what, thanks so much for your very inspiring and very um, thoughtful and with all the advice that they give us, <laughs> that you're giving us. So thanks so much for your time. Thanks so much for all of this. Um, enjoy your next race that it will be in four weeks, you said. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, four and a half weeks in Lausanne. Um, yeah, the World Championships. But thank you so much for having me, Erica. You're such a sweetie, and I really enjoyed talking to you today. And yeah, 
hopefully you'll do really well in your next race as well because you already smashed it last weekend, which is amazing. <laughs> Thanks so much. Thanks so much. Your advice are always, always useful. So thanks so much. I will say I, I did the thought about you during the rain, so you know it. So uh, because of your advice. <laughs> so thanks so much. And uh, yeah, see you next time. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks, Erica. I hope you enjoyed the episode as I did recording it. You can check out all the links regarding our guest in the show notes. Stay tuned.